0: Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and it's all getting a bit tense, isn't it? Three points in it, three games to go. And I think for the first time ever, I will say that I love you, Tottenham Hotspur. That late Christian Eriksen strike to give Spurs a 1-0 win in midweek over Brighton. Kept the Bluebirds fighting. Cardiff go to Fulham on Saturday. Brighton host an in Newcastle. And it's all to play for. Today, I'm joined by view from the Ninian's very own Charlie Cottrell. And we get the Brighton view from Adam Stenin. But first, here's Charlie. Enjoy. Well, I'm really pleased this week that uh, we've got Charlie Cottrell returning to the podcast. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Hello, mate. You okay? Yes, all good. Thanks. All good. Obviously this is the first uh, podcast we've done this week following the Liverpool game. It's a tough one isn't it? I've been trying to reflect on, on the Liverpool game because you go into the games against those those sort of big teams expecting to get beat. So you can't be oh, yeah, too yeah. disheartened can you by a loss.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the games against the top 6 are you can generally consider to be a write off. You know, I think um I, th- I think it, it, it's just it, it's more you know it, it's 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 nicer when we're actually showing ourselves to be competing a little bit you know I mean I I, I love seeing you know the, the big names co- come to the Cardiff City Stadium and, and us going away but you know earlier in the season when you've got the likes of you know Man City come in and, and thumping us and us not really putting up a fight it, you don't you don't want us to to look like you know it's it's, it's an FA Cup game so yeah. I think. You know, we, we, when we're playing against a big side like Liverpool, and there's and there's a lot riding on it. I mean, despite the loss, and I suppose the the little bit of controversy, I, st- I still, you know, I, there's still a lot we can take away from it. And ultimately, it's it's a it's a celebratory occasion to see you know the the, the big guns for, come come to us and, yeah. and 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 also, you know, it's fascinating to be involved in in both ends of the table as well obviously we've got our own battle but you know there was a lot riding on it for Liverpool as well so I think it was quite fascinating to be a part part of
0: that and I think that um I think Warnock got it spot on. To be honest with you, the, uh, earlier on in the season, I think we we showed the big teams a, a bit too much respect. And and I someone said that recently. I, I can't remember. It might have been Junior Hoyler in in his interview with View from the Nines and said maybe we showed sides a bit too much respect earlier on in the season. You know those games against Man City, United, and Solskjaer's first game, we just didn't look we didn't look fired up enough, and we were maybe too respectful and stood off a little bit too much. Arsenal is another story. Where I think we did well there, but I think in in this game we, we got it spot on, and you know we respect we were respectful enough, but still tried to take the game to them as much as possible. and And I've seen a few um, neutrals actually say, you know, almost criticise um, Brighton for their approach uh, against Spurs in the week and say actually it was nice to see Cardiff go for it to an extent and i've got you know a few friends um that are liverpool fans and and they all said that Cardiff gave a good good account for themselves and, and that's all you can ask really because the quality is always going to tell
1: no absolutely i mean i mean i have i've seen similar comments to what you've been seeing online and it's it's honestly bizarre seeing people siding with cardiff isn't it <laughs> you know yeah. you get, like we, we you know i'm so used to us being slated and hated. And I mean, e- even some of the football we were perhaps playing at the start of the season, you know, we, and you know, the, the the lack of ambition they were, they, they were talking about at the start of the season with our, with our transfers. But I, you know, I, I think people, people, some people certainly are, are kind of backing us against Brighton, um, which yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, the thing is, I, I, it would maybe be easier for us to be going up against a club who uh, you know I, re- I really dislike but I don't actually harbour that much resentment towards Brighton um, which makes things a little bit difficult but and, yeah. and, and I, I quite you know, like Chris
0: Hewton as well
1: I love like, Chris Hewton really good really like great manager also lovely bloke Yeah, um, and you know uh, and if the tables were turned and maybe we were <laughs> we were three points ahead I've no doubt that we would be parking a fucking massive bus in, in front yeah. of the goals. But but for me, so maybe, I mean, I was having a conversation with my old man last night about, you know, would you, would you switch positions with, with Brighton? And potentially, maybe we're in a position where it's better for us to have to take the initiative and, and go for it a bit. Whereas with Brighton, you know, you, you saw them grind out a point against Wolves. Um, Wolves, by the way, you know, can draw nil nil Brighton and go and beat Arsenal 3-1, absolute joke. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think,
0: I don't know. What do you reckon? I, I agree with you to an extent because we've got nothing to lose. You know, as it stands, we're going down. So we might as well go out all gun blazing and, and try and win games. Whereas Brighton, you know, they've got us breathing down their necks and they're they're nervous. And you know, I didn't go to the Brighton away game, but I watched it. Watch it on a stream, and you could just tell the atmosphere in the stadium. Mean, even watching it on my computer, the atmosphere was just so nervous and so anxious, and, and they were really on top of the players. And that's not a healthy environment no, for I, anyone I, to be in. But our environment, even you know, losing on the weekend, is is fired up and passionate and driven and, and excited to see what will happen, even if we go down. No, ex- exactly, and. The, the, sorry, the point I was making before was that, you
1: know, you know, they they did grind out a nil-nil against Wolves, which no one was maybe expecting except the cynical Cardiff fans. But then...
0: Well, Wolves have let us down three times now. I mean, and
1: ex- exactly, yeah. So, you know, Wolves can get in the bin. But <laughs> I think, you know, for them, for Brighton, they did the same thing against Tottenham. And it so nearly worked that I came away from, you know, w- watching that game thinking that that's maybe the... Best thing for us in a very, you know, sinister way. That you know, you you saw. I don't know whether it was Lewis Dunk at the end of the game being being um, be in interviewed, but they look crushed. You know, you yeah. you, you you keep a tie for that, what, what was it, eighty-eight, eighty-nine minutes, and then boom, one thunder strike from Ericsson which obviously can happen to you to you at any time in the Premier League. And suddenly, they, they're they're back in it, and now they've got to pick themselves up again. And, and I feel like lately, especially, they've had to do a lot more, you know, picking themselves up and dusting themselves off than than Cardiff have. I mean, we were always going to, you know, lose to Liverpool. And I think 2-0 is, you know, pretty good for us. But, you know, their, their recent fixtures, you know, they got thumped by... The only good thing they had going for them was FA Cup. And to be fair, they put in a shift there. But, you know, they got thumped by Bournemouth. They got thumped by Watford. And, you know, we beat them, which is, which is massive. You know, in terms of head-to-head, we, we, we've beaten Brighton twice now yeah we've beaten Southampton twice we we win on the weekend we've beaten Fulham twice as well you know we're we're not we're not that doing that badly against the bottom teams save for Huddersfield which I just can't express enough regret about (laughs) two nil nil draws in, in there but you know that's another story isn't it
0: yeah absolutely and you're right you know looking at Brighton after after that game and some of the images of the players sort of sat dejected on the floor with their Hands in their heads. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Sorry. It was beautiful, it was beautiful. <laughs> but it was an image you you'd see on the final day of the season when they're relegated. Oh that's, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's and, that,
0: you, and that's
1: you, you know, and you can hear it in the the fans as well, and, and online. You know, you can, you can see the the Brighton fans getting super frustrated. But as I was saying, you know, they're not they're not a bad club. You know, I you know they've they've got a fairly good youth academy. I think that Solly March and Lewis Dunk both came from their youth academy. So I think, you know, they're a football team doing doing the right things in some ways. But ultimately, when it's, when it's us or them, I, you know, I, yeah. I've, got to, I've got to see them getting hammered for the next
0: week's <laughs> <laughs> And Before we go, come on to Fulham and, and the running, one last word on, on Liverpool. Mo Salah, Sean Morrison, was it a penalty? Um, I mean, I, I
1: initially I, I was furious, and and you know you've got this online video compilations of of Mo Salah throwing himself to the floor. I do actually really rate Mo Salah as a player and as a bloke, actually, um, and and but he, you know he, he has made a bit of a name for himself this season. I think Mo, I I you know you, you look at the actual build up to it and Morrison cocks it up really badly twice yeah so he's obviously overcompensating and i feel like that's in that's any other occasion in the game when maybe he's jocelyn jostling, jostling salah in the box he's not going to have his arms all over him because he's you know he's going to be more level-headed so ultimately i think it's a, it's a stupid it's just beyond stupid to be having yeah. your arms over any player but over Mo salah when you know he's already got a track record of going down easily in the box you know, you've got to be a bit more intelligent in that situation. So, absolutely. Um, so, I, I suppose short answer, you know, penalty. But you know, I mean, it's 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 questionable. But you've you've got you've got to take it on the chin, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a dive and it's a penalty. I think it could be yeah, both absolutely. both things. You know, the build up and and like I said, Morrison can definitely had his hands all over him. It's a penalty. That's a penalty. But what the ref gave the penalty for was a dive.
1: Yeah, and it, but I I think it throws it in 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 this sort of moral question and debate over you know, if he didn't throw himself on the floor because he was potentially getting fouled, would he have got a penalty? And the answer to that is is probably no. Yeah. So I think you know, potentially this this might be where I mean, I'm not sure if I'm an advocate for VAR or not, but this is potentially where it could be helpful because, you know, th- this these kind of occasions are what encourage players to dive on the floor. And more often than not, you know, most Al is getting the decision to go his way, but he's not necessarily always in the wrong. He's just, you know, exaggerating yeah. It. Yeah. You know, essentially, it is a foul. But if he doesn't go down, it maybe, maybe it just goes goes out for a corner or a goal kick. So. Yeah, maybe yeah, I think...
0: we should be raising a question more of the officials rather than than Saler. and you know that's something we've we've done a lot this season, particularly in recent weeks as as Cardiff fans and Neil Warnock's made no secret of his uh, you know uh, disapproval of the standard of refereeing. Should we say?
1: Yeah, no, and and I I think you know that that's certainly not the worst decision to go against us in the past, you know, yeah. few weeks. So it's it's the kind of thing where yeah I'm, I'm i mean i'm i'm happy to take it on the chin and, and i'd imagine you know we Liverpool probably would have crowned out the 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 win regardless so it's, you know maybe maybe we'd feel differently if it that was the you know the, the a last minute decision that lost us the game or anything but it's you know I, I mean, it's not it's not the hill i 'm going to choose to die on
0: <laughs> no absolutely and I'm looking forward to to Fulham and then the rest of the season. You know, there's three points in it, us and Brighton. And, and like I said, that Spurs uh, win against Brighton was was huge. And I didn't watch the game. I didn't want to put myself through it. But when I checked, I was, you know, refreshing all the time for scores and getting really frustrated and, and swearing about Spurs. And then I actually, I was sat on the sofa next to McGovern and actually almost jumped up when I saw that goal. <laughs> I've never celebrated a non-Cardiff goal like it.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely same. I mean, I think I did the same. I I, I turned it off after a while and then and then boom the notification pops up on my phone and, and the group chats start going wild. But <laughs> you know, but I think the the goal is it's it's for, for me anyway, it's it's more important than Brighton not getting a point. You know, I mean psychologically it's massively damaging. And I don't know I'm just not sure what that's gonna do to them because you know they're they're playing against Newcastle um, um this weekend and yeah, you've you've always got a... I, it's always up in the air about playing against a team that don't have anything to play for because ultimately we're doing the same with Fulham. So we're in pretty similar positions. I mean, Fulham are down, Newcastle is safe. But, you know, you can see with Fulham, they're, they're playing with way more freedom now. And, and Newcastle, you know, same. And so, so I, I just don't know the way it's going to go. But potentially if Brighton keep holding out the way they're holding out, you know... And you know they could spring a surprise on Arsenal as well, who are just the most unreliable team in the league. Yeah.
0: Um, so, and it's... I think Brighton are, are on such. Uh... Sorry.
1: No, I was just saying. I think that's. I think that's what's exciting about it. To be honest, is that you know we, we could, we could lose the Fulham and then beat Palace and then they, you know and draw with United and then they could you know lose the Newcastle and beat Arsenal. You know? you know, no one has any idea how this is going to yeah. go. I, I'm just. I'm kind of. I'm just glad that it's, the season's not over. I mean, maybe I'll regret that on the last, you know, last day of the season <laughs> when you know, Brighton get a point against Man City and sink us. But I think it's it's better to be in it at this stage and, and absolutely. I really, you know, it's it's really feel a part of of what's going on in the Premier League at the moment, and there's eyes on us as well, which is which is exciting, you know.
0: Definitely, definitely. And Brighton, you know, Newcastle at home, you know. I think at the start of the season, if you're looking at your fixtures and thinking, "Our oh, running, we need to win a game to to stay up," you probably look at that and think, "Yeah, that's a winnable game." But Brighton have got really, really poor home form. Once he lost to us and got beat five nil by by Bournemouth, beat by Southampton, and Newcastle have come into come into form lately. You know, they won their last three against Palace, Leicester, and and, and Southampton, so they're on a good run of form. So you know, I'd back I'd back Newcastle in that one and. For Brighton, for them, sadly, that leaves Man City and Arsenal, which is two really tough games. So I can't see them... I said this, actually, before the Wolves game. I can't see them <laughs> pick, picking up another point in the season.
1: Yeah, you should have been a little little bit more cynical about that. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, we're all, we're all going to be magpies on, on the weekend. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think, again, Brighton, Brighton's issue is... They struggle to score to score goals as well. It's a bit of a shame that um, I can't remember his name. Newcastle's um, Almirón. He's, Almirón, he's,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. He, so he, he's out for the rest of the season, which I think is a shame because he was making them tick. But um, I mean, they, they've got they've got nothing up front really. I mean, Glenn Murray's, he's um, um, you know the rest of them. They're, they're not looking massively sharp. And even you know all season, I think they've been fairly reliant on a sturdy defence and. You know, they, 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 there's going to be a lot of weight on the shoulders of the likes of of Lewis Dunk and Co at the back, and and to to hold that out again, you know, keep keep having the same game plan over and over again. You know, they they go one they go one down against Newcastle, and I'm not not convinced they've got a game plan.
0: You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It'll be be interesting, and I guess. To some extent, and you know, I had this chat with with Ben James in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Cardiff has just got to do themselves; they just got to focus on on their own games. And you know, we've got two winnable games now against Fulham and, and Palace, and you know, some would argue three winnable games with the form Man United are, are on at the moment. <laughs> um, but Fulham, Fulham, seems to have suddenly remembered how to play football again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, as I was saying, you know, there, there's a danger in playing. Teams that have nothing to lose, and you know, I think, I, th- I, you know, they they beat Bournemouth, who have have just gone to shit, which is which is fine because I mean they've they've got nothing else to play for all season, and and you know, they, I mean, be, beating Everton Everton at home is something to to turn some heads, I think, and you know, I mean, I've I've, I've watched Fulham play a few times this season, they've just been absolutely dreadful, one to eleven. You know, the, you know Ryan Ryan Babbles hit a bit of form at the moment, but I watched him. I think he was in the Man United game, and he was just, you know, embarrassingly bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I I I kind of got a bit bit of resentment harboured against Fulham now, especially you know the the, the words exchanged in in the running to to the end of last season when they were you know they were felt entitled to Absolutely. to get promoted, um, and and. And the amount of money they've spent, you know, I mean, you know, seventy-two million of the summer or something, and and we've obviously
0: hundred, wasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a hundred. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we obviously we've spent such like a tiny amount compared to that, and they they they've they've got everything everything to be to be ashamed about, but they maybe may, maybe that's a bit a bit dangerous. So, but I think I think you're right, and I think you know. Cardiff have just got to go there, and play their natural game. I'm I'm quite fascinated by how Warnock's going to line us up because you know Bobby Reed did damage against them last last time, but he, he's not really had a look in, which I think which I think is a shame. But as um, any time I've been critical of Warnock's team selection this season, in the few games after that, he's he's kind of made himself difficult to argue with, and, <laughs> and I think that's probably the same with not. Playing the likes of the likes of Bobby Reed, I mean, you know, I, I I was convinced he should have started against Brighton, and he didn't, and we won two 0 So that's yeah. why worn off the manager, and
0: I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right with 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 Fulham and and the resentment, and and I think before last season, I probably would have lumped them in a similar category with with Brighton, in you know, a fairly just neutral club, not much to like, not much to dislike, just you know. Average and then suddenly last last season with all the bollocks they were sprouting about mm. Tiki Taka Yanka and all that that bollocks.
1: Oh, dickheads! Honestly, <laughs> oh.
0: Um, so, so
1: glad they're going down. I know. So glad. I know. So And, glad. Now,
0: and now they've they've stopped selling the so called neutral end. Is it neutral for our game? As if
1: they weren't,
0: you know, the, the worst
1: club, enough. they've gone under, I mean, you know. Yeah, there's nothing you can do to argue with it, but it just makes them look even more. Now, I mean, they it definitely didn't do that last time. I definitely saw. You can see, you know, Cardiff fans celebrating when Jordan much banged one in from thirty yards in the highlights last season, can't you? Yeah. But I don't know whether it's spite or trouble or what. But um, I mean, the only the only thing we can go do is go there and and <laughs> go there and beat them and and give them two fingers as we as we walk away, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know, to some extent, I I feel sorry for for some Fulham fans in that um, the club's not been been run very well, and and I think the director of football is like the owner's son or something like that, and I know the guys at um, the Fulhamish podcast have been running a, a campaign called Stop the Greed this this season because of the excessive ticket pricing and just pricing fans out and. You know, you compare them to, to Cardiff and at the start of the season they were getting all the plaudits, were they all the praise about, you know, spending the money and Cardiff being criticised, you know, we're not gonna do anything and for not spending money and, and now look at look at us now, you know, they're they're already down whistling with the fight and I even saw an article the other day um about Norwich and and if Norwich come up that they're going to be conservative and almost follow Cardiff's methods and limit themselves to spending like 20 million because they've learnt the lesson from Fulham's excessive spending. So, you know, I feel sorry for the fans in extent, but not really when they were bankers last year. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree, and and
1: it's 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 never, a, it's never a nice position to be in when when you're relegated. But I think, to be honest, it sounded like they had a right laugh. Um, at Bournemouth, you know, they were singing 1-0 to the championship and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, which is kind of the, the same thing Car- Cardiff would be doing. But I think, you know, you look at teams like Fulham and, and even Brighton to some extent. You know, Brighton spent a lot of money over the, over the summer as well. I think, you know, like, bought around 60 million or something. Yeah. And y- you, you're hard-pushed to find a more united club. Than, than Cardiff, I really had my reservations about, you know, uh, uh, us being rock bottom of the league by Christmas and everyone turning on Warnock. Um, but you know, it, it's just not happened, and I think it, it's almost bizarre in that, you know, I think it was it's a similar thing happened to maybe when Burnley went down a few years ago with Sean Dyche and he stayed on. You know, even if we go down, I'm just inexplicably proud of. Where we where we are and the fact that we're Absolutely. still in, still in with a run in and, and you know the, the, I know I know it's maybe romanticising a little bit when you're going on about the whole David and Goliath thing financially but you know like no 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 one feels negatively about about the club I mean it, it, just despite us being in the relegation spot and you look at Brighton and they they're, they're kind of in in disarray they're kind of in freefall and and there's the, the way they perform recently, there's some people arguing Hughton out, some people arguing Hughton in, and and pretty much all season we haven't really had that. And I know there's been, you know, circumstances that have maybe made Cardiff fans look further than the football. But you know, I mean, you're you're probably the same, and I I couldn't be prouder. And in a position where even if we go down. You know, you're still going to love every single player on the pitch, and Warnock, yeah. and, and and you know, and I think that's quite a lucky position to be in. And there's not many clubs who, who are able to do that and and stand by the team to the very end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, fond memories of of Fulham last year and those that Danny Ward limbs. Um, so hopefully a reenactment of of that. You know those limbs, and and hopefully Scott Parker does does Harry Arter a favour because I think he's their brother in laws, aren't they? Are they? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Weird. Yeah. So. Oh my
1: god! It's just Harry Arta's just got slightly better hair than Scott
0: Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um. He's oh, interesting. I love okay. that. Did you see the um, Harry Art's reply to Cam yeah, picture? Yeah.
1: The brom See again things like that. Made me so glad I support Cardiff. You know, they're, like, flirting online on Twitter. <laughs> how good is that?
0: you got that, uh, Bruno Manga's smooth singing on Instagram.
1: Oh, my God. Like, how could you not love this
0: club? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Charlie, it's been brilliant chatting, as always. Oh, uh, thanks a lot, man. Before I let you go, I want I want two predictions from you. I want a prediction for Cardiff Fulham. Um. Okay, I think... I think we're going to draw against Fulham and we're going to beat Palace okay I'll take that that's good so, enough and the second prediction slightly outside of uh, the box here but Brighton Newcastle I'm going all in on this
1: um I I think Newcastle are going to score early and then Brighton, Brighton heads are going to go and they're going to win 3-0
0: yeah, I was I was literally just thinking three nil. I'm gonna be positive. A positive weekend. Newcastle three, Brighton nil, Cardiff two, Fulham nil. That's my, my predictions. Bang. Okay. Whoever wins gets a point. There we go. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Which well, I perfect. Enjoy the rest of the season, and uh, catch you soon.
1: Yeah, nice one, mate. Take care now.
0: Cheers. We're well, three games to go. It's all tight down at the bottom of the Premier League table it's between Cardiff and Brighton. And we're getting a Brighton insight here from, from Adam Stenning, who is a Brighton writer for Varvel and also does some work with Lewis Women FC. Adam, hello. Hello, how are you? Yes, not too bad, thanks. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, good. Perfect. Adam is not being a great well, it's not been a great season for Brighton, is it, altogether, but the last sort of month or, or few weeks just seems to have really gone downhill for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it hasn't been our greatest season. Um, we try, I think Hughton's tried to be more attacking with his approach, but it hasn't quite worked out as planned, so, um, but the last couple of games, we seem to have gone back to the basics, the sort of uh, solid defensive work that's got us where we are, and it seems to have, seems to be working a little bit better, but the problem is we're not scoring the goals up top, which is a real worry because it's now about five games, I think, in all competitions that we haven't scored a goal, so that's a slightly worrying one for us. And is it
0: Houston's tactics throughout the season, do you think? Because the criticism can't be that you haven't spent money because you did spend money yep. in the summer and, you know, Andoni came in and yeah. your hand batch and, and they've just not hit the ground running and, and I don't think Andoni's even scored a goal, has he?
2: He has scored, he scored against Huddersfield, okay. uh, scored the winner, um, he scored in the FA Cup against West Brom, he's, he scored a couple of goals but I think he came in and was injured and then obviously Murray's been doing quite well obviously so that's been a bit difficult and then when he has come in he hasn't quite, as you say, hit the ground running, Um your Bash hasn't really hit the ground running at all, um, doesn't really look to be a player that we've you know, he doesn't seem to be worth £21 million or whatever we paid for him. That yeah. Is. But, um, but yeah, I think um, Hutton's really tried to please the fans by playing some more attacking football, which is what fans were calling for. But the problem is it doesn't really suit his style of management. He's known for, you know, teams that are defensively solid and then you work your way up from there. But I think we've really struggled because we've had out injured for a lot. For a good chunk of the season, and obviously that's our creative spark there behind the striker missing and then Isquiedo just had about three or four months out as well. So that that really hasn't helped our case either. And in the,
0: the game against Cardiff in you know, a couple of weeks ago with Cardiff obviously won 2-0 and and I watched the game game online and what struck me particularly was was the atmosphere amongst the fans and it was really tense, almost toxic to extent, and really yeah. you know not enjoying the football on the team's back, and you know what is talk to us a bit about the atmosphere at, at Brighton and and how you're all feeling going into the last three games.
2: Well, I think the atmosphere is very jittery. Um, having spoken to fans, it's just one of those things where they they just want to see a goal. I think everyone just wants to see a goal. It doesn't matter how it comes. It could deflect off three players for all we'll anyone cares. To be honest, as long as it goes in the back of the net, because I think that could just give not only give the players confidence but lift the crowd a bit because. They're they're sort of in, you know they've invested their you know their effort into following the team around the country some of them and stuff and that they, they don't feel they're getting repaid by what the players are giving them out on the pitch at the minute but the last two games they seem to be a bit happier but I don't know it's 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 tough with the running obviously because we got Arsenal away and then City at home and you know we Arsenal are still fighting for a top four play. City is still going head-to-head with Liverpool for the league and obviously Newcastle are going like a steam train at the moment so I'd, it's tough to see how we're going to stop them if we don't score which is which is what the problem's like But, you know as you say in the Cardiff game um the atmosphere was toxic and tense and I think I think it we got behind the team the first sort of 15 minutes and then when Cardiff scored the first goal they just turned on them again and you know, then the players start making the loose passes because they feel the pressure to get it forward quickly. And it, it all just went downhill from there, really. So,
0: Yeah, and you picked up a good point, an expected point away at Wolves. But that Spurs game then, that 1-0 loss, a really late goal from Christian Eriksen, that was a proper
2: sucker punch for you, wasn't it? It was. It was heartbreaking because we defended so, so well throughout that game. For eight, eight minutes, we really defended well. And I mean you know the way Lewis Dunk defended the way Shane Duffy defended Bernardo Ryan made some quality saves as well and it was just you could just see it on the player's face when it player's faces when it went in it was just heartbreaking it was heartbreaking for all the fans as well because you you know that was that was another one where you know we weren't expecting to get anything but the longer it went into the game the more you expected something to come out of it and i mean it was a cracking strike from Ericsson but it was just one of those things where you know got mal of the match, it was that good a defensive performance from him, so you know, and he deserved the clean sheet but he didn't get it, and it's it's one of those things where we've gotta now try and get something out of one of these three games, which is not gonna be easy, and hope that if not, that Cardiff slip up somewhere which we can't hope on because you've probably got the easier running out of the two of us. We've got the much tougher running, I think.
0: Definitely. I was just about to say that looking at comparing the two run-ins, you know, if you could yeah. choose either one, I think both teams would choose Carlos running. And yeah, how much do you think does that factor into the mentality of of Brighton and Cardiff to an extent? And and how do you see the next three games going?
2: Well, I think I think it factors in massively because it it then dawns on the players that they've got to get a result out of two sides that. They wouldn't expect to get a result out of. Obviously, Arsenal at home are a different side to what they are away. Although they lost at the Palace, you know, in their last, one of their last recent games. So it's and City obviously at home. Although it's at home, it doesn't mean anything because Man City are just the quality side. And even if they put out their rotation side, they could still wallop us if they wanted to. So it's um, I can't see unless we pick up some points on Saturday against Newcastle, which is probably the best chance. I can't see us getting any more points, to be honest, because, as I say, Arsenal are so good at home and Man City are so so good anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I can see Saturday's game for Cardiff, They that's going to be the one where they could pick up three points and then it all gets tied again. So it's, it's just one of those things. I think the only thing that gives us a slight relief is the massive goal difference, which is in our favour obviously, so that yeah does act as like an extra point I guess, but still three points is nothing to be honest. And with your running you've got the slightly easier running. So so yeah, as I say, I can't see unless we get something out of Newcastle, um, or pull a massive miracle out of the hat and pick up a result away at Arsenal, or pick up, you know, a result against City at home on the last day of the season, I can't see us picking up any more points to be honest.
0: Yeah, and that goal difference is you know there's a 13 goal difference between the two sides, which which could do a factor. But another thing which mentally could could be you know a negative for Brighton is the next two games they play after Cardiff in both both games. So if Cardiff get a result against Fulham and Palace, you know the Brighton players, management, and fans will be looking, you know, knowing that result and knowing that then that they have to get something, which which could go either way. I suppose it could you know give them confidence and. You know determination, but it
2: could go completely the other way. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could go either of two ways. As I say, as you've said there, it. You know, later kickoff, I guess, doesn't favour us because obviously then we know what card what you've done, so it it doesn't play into our hands that way because we always know that we've got a. If you pick up a win against Fulham away on Saturday, we know we've then got to get something out of Newcastle to keep ourselves ahead, even if it's just a point um and then obviously the same again for the next for the next game against Arsenal so we really do it it can work against us but then it could work in our favor because if you lose to Fulham on Saturday then that that then you know the players go oh wow hold on a minute if we pick up a result here against Newcastle then there's pressure back on Cardiff so yeah it it could go one of two ways and it's it's just so tense i can't i, I couldn't even predict which way it goes but as i say i think if we lose against Newcastle i think I think we could well and truly be doomed there because with the last two games, I just can't see any points coming out of it unless, unless we pull off a massive upset somewhere. And
0: Adam, finally, Chris Houghton, how much pressure is there on him? And, and regardless of whether you stay up or go down, do you expect him to be
2: Brighton manager next season? I think there's pressure on him. I think there's pressure on every manager. I don't think it matters who you are. Um, but I, I, I just can't see him leaving the club. I can't see... I think Tony Bloom's got so much faith in him, and rightly so, because he's taken us from you know, the brink of League One almost to uh, the, where we are now, which is in the Premier League. So, you know, people are complaining, saying that he's not had the greatest season. But then again, you look at the stats and we haven't been in the relegation zone this season. We haven't at all floated into it. You know, we've always kept above the line, which is exactly what we need to do. So we just need to try and keep above that line the last three games. But I think even if we go down, I cannot see him leaving. I just... He's just—he's just one of those managers that I cannot see leaving. He's been there for years, and I just cannot see him leaving. I think Tony Bloom and Paul Barber have got too much faith in him to let him go, based on what he's done for the club overall, and not just what's happened this season. I think—I think that'll outweigh, as I say, what's happened this season. So, yeah, hopefully some investment, you know, in the summer, whatever way we go, whether we go down or whether we stay up, and then you know, hopefully next season's a lot better. But as I say, I think it's just. It's just not been our season. We've been hit with some injuries at some bad points. Obviously, now we've got proper out at the minute, which is another big blow because he's a, he's a... Although he hasn't been lighting the world up with his performances, he is a sort of underrated player because he does knit back and get those balls but, and win the ball and sort of do bits that we need. Um, but, yeah, as I say, it's just one of those things I just can't see him leaving, if I'm honest. Well, that's quite, quite good to hear, I suppose, in, in modern
0: football where clubs are so quick to to get rid of managers that, you know, the fans clearly like him, the board and the chairman like him and, and hopefully show faith. Yeah,
2: yeah, hopefully. I think I think that's the thing. I think, the as I say, Tony Bloom's one of those chairmans that's not quick to fire the gun. He's only ever got rid of, I think the only one he's ever got rid of in a really bad run was the last, sort of the last time he played sort of football on this sort of like level or maybe even worse was when Sammy Hippie was in charge in the championship which brought Heaton into the club and that was some diabolical football and <laughs> that was with us that was a lot worse than this one so this I mean this season has been at points it has been de- especially when we were sort of 5-0 down against Bournemouth it was at that stage where it was like hold on this is sort of all disposal so as I say I think Tony Bloom is one of those Shermans that will just stick by him through thick and thin and this, I think it would take something really extraordinary for him to for him to change it because as I say, he's got to the FA Cup semi final for the second time in two years, which is a phenomenal achievement because Brighton haven't been known for getting a cup run going. So, and ever since Hughton's been in charge, we've had some good cup runs. So, it's not just the league form that plays into it; it's the cup run as well. Because as I say, to lose one nil to Man City at Wembley, you know, especially after going one nil down after three minutes, is a is a massive achievement in itself I think
0: yeah absolutely and you know it might be a rare situation where whichever side goes down both managers are still in, in charge
2: in the championship next year because I don't think Neil Warnock will, uh, will leave so. Cardiff I think Neil Warnock's manager as well so yeah I thoroughly hope so whoever goes down I think I think they should stick with their managers because they're both talented managers and they both deserve the chance to get the club back up whoever goes down
0: absolutely well Adam thank you very much for joining us and giving that insight to Brighton I'd like to say good luck for the rest of the season, but I don't mean it.
2: (laughs) I'll say the same
0: then. (laughs) Cheers, mate. (laughs) Okay, cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to View from the Ninian. We're for fans, by fans. You can catch more like this at viewfromtheninian.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure you check us out. Come on, City.